1: Uh, at least 2020, uh, but uh, it hasn't been in the news. We haven't seen anything major um, back then. That's Deepan Desai from Zscaler. Today, we're
0: talking about his team's research on the Crytox ransomware family.
1: Uh, In September, 2021, the team actually noticed uh, a company, uh, you know, uh, named RTL. It's a Netherlands-based company that was hit, and it was publicly acknowledged as well. Um, although one of the things that the team noticed back then was uh, the ransom amount was 8,500 euros. and that's, hmm. that's very, very small compared to uh, the ransom demands that we see with uh, some of the other ransomware gangs like uh, Conti and, you know, Hive and others. So we've been tracking the payloads. We've been tracking the uh, developments on on the on the campaign side as well. And uh, one of the things that the team noticed over here was, uh, unlike many of the other ransomware groups, Crytox Ransomware does not perform double extortion attacks. It just performs data encryption and uh, you know holds it for ransom. It does not perform Data exfiltration from the impacted machine. Going a little old school with the Red somewhere, right? Exactly. It is. It is one of the old school ways of doing things. There are a couple other things we noticed. I mean, they they did uh, make it easier for the victims to communicate back with the threat actor. So they were dropping this, uh, uh, you know, peer-to-peer instant messenger app called Talks. Um, on the infected machine, uh, and uh, you just click on it, and you're basically um, able to communicate and negotiate the ransom amount with the threat actor.
0: Can you walk us through what's going on technically behind the scenes here? Is there any interesting aspects to that part of it?
1: Yeah, in terms of uh, the encryption, I mean, there's there's nothing um, uh, that uh, that is different than what we have seen before. I mean, it's you, it's using. AES CBC uh, with per file 256-bit key um, that is protected with a locally generated RSA public key. And he uses this to encrypt local disks, network drives, and um, you know, at all of those locations, you will see a ransom note uh, with a five-day timer um, um, you know, that's basically notifying the victim that your files have been encrypted, pay, or you will lose all the data.
0: And so you still have the ability to pay
1: on that machine? I mean, they don't completely disable it. You can communicate with them? Yeah, you're you're basically using the messenger application uh, to communicate and then they will provide the link for performing the payment.
0: Is there any sense that uh, if you follow through with them and you pay the ransom, you'll get your files back?
1: Um, for, for most ransomware groups, uh, we do observe that you do get a key back, uh, right, which will allow you to decrypt your files. Uh, so while we didn't go that route to confirm it, at least for the, for the publicly known case, uh, they did uh, get the key and were able to restore their file.
0: Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash Zero Trust AI. It's interesting that the, the ransom demand is so low and... Uh, yeah I wonder if they're comparatively trying to fly under the radar compared to some of the the bigger players here
1: yeah that 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 does uh, sort of uh, raises eyebrow like why so low? Uh, maybe they're trying to do uh, um, more development and more testing and and then yeah as you pointed out, staying under the radar so that uh, there's no law enforcement action as well given so much uh, focus on the ransomware uh, threat actors these days uh, we also noticed uh, actually while the team was analyzing some of the payloads that uh, the encryption mechanism that they've used it's actually prone to some weaknesses and uh, that could actually allow some brute forcing methods um, you know that can result in us decrypting the files as well so Definitely not one of those uh, you know, uh, sophisticated ransomware payloads. It's, it, it still p- probably appears to be a work in progress.
0: And is the group trying to prevent analysis from
1: researchers like yourself? Do they have elements of that in there? They, they did have some basic anti-debug, anti-analysis technique, but nothing to write home about. <laughs> okay, nothing sophisticated. I mean, is that is that pretty much what you're seeing here with
0: this group that uh, we wouldn't rate their sophistication as being particularly high? And that is accurate. Yes. Yeah. And so, in terms of folks best protecting themselves against this specific group, what are your recommendations?
1: Yeah. So I think the 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 guidance should guidance over here is to look at the ransomware problem holistically. Um, every time I speak to um, you know some of the large organization security leaders. Um, I always ask them to look at the problem in four buckets. What are you doing to reduce your external attack surface? Because when these gangs go after you, they will first try to find out what all things are exposed. Uh, they may come through one of the users, uh, falling for a phishing attack. They may come. After you through an asset that is exposed to the internet, Uh, it could be a server. It could be a workload. It could be your, your, your system sitting in the corporate environment. Uh, It could be VPN, as I'm, um, as we have seen before. Uh, But so look at what you can do to reduce that external attack surface. Second is provide consistent security uh, on all internet bound traffic uh, with full SL inspection. And that's where a proxy based architecture really helps out. The goal over there is to prevent that initial infection. The third bucket is, what can you do to prevent that lateral propagation phase? That's where majority of these ransomware gangs does a lot of damage, right? Having one system going down with a ransomware attack versus the entire environment going down is, is the difference between it being a small incident to an org-scale breach, so over there, user-to-app segmentation, app-to-app micro-segmentation plays a very important role in containing this incident to a single host versus entire environment. And then finally, um, in this case, Crytox is not exfilling data, but uh, more than 50% of the ransomware threat actors that were tracking perform data exfiltration as well. So you need to have consistent data loss prevention strategy for all your internet-bound traffic, right? Uh, And that's where, again, SSL inspection plays a very important role because these guys are just using public cloud, uh, you know, SaaS locations to even exfil your data from the infected machines.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting to see uh, as the ransomware, uh, I don't know, ecosystem continues to evolve that we have players coming in and running at all different levels. You know, I think it's, it's, perhaps easy to say that these folks are kind of at the entry level, you know, not terribly sophisticated, not asking for a lot of money uh, trying to go unnoticed. And then you have that all the way up to the big players and and everything in
1: between. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a gamut. Uh, it's a, It's a pyramid model where there's like, uh, you know, highly sophisticated gangs at the top. And then there's like uh, dozens and dozens of these uh, new kids on the block or or more um, work in progress kind of ransomware gangs.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, Deepin Desai, thanks for joining us. Our thanks to Deep and Desai from Zscaler for joining us. The research is on the CryTox ransomware family. We'll have a link in the show notes. And now a word from our sponsor, SpyCloud, the leader in operationalizing cybercrime analytics. Traditional threat intelligence is a thing of the past.